great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I have a lot of bullet points that I want to go through this morning. I have often said on this program, the show of record for newsmaking in New York City, and this is an independent, objective opinion, but that show for newsmaking in New York City is Cats at Night, 5 to 6 p.m., hosted weeknights by the owner-operator of WABC, John Katsimatidis, by far. So just yesterday, the outgoing NYPD chief of department, Kenneth Corey, declared that the NYPD is ramping up its quality of life enforcement despite the revolving door of the criminal justice system that, let's be honest, just doesn't keep many criminals behind bars. We will let you hear what the outgoing NYPD chief of department, Corey, has to say. And um, I just don't see it. I don't see the NYPD crackdown on quality of life. Maybe you can prove me wrong by illustrating so this morning, but I don't see it. I just don't see it. I see the wonderful officers of the NYPD. I see the wonderful work stopping the attack on Friday uh, against uh, against, uh, synagogues, the anti-Semitic incident. I see great work by police, but I don't see the quality of life crackdown. Now, why is this important? Because if you're going to do the quality of life crackdown, that means that you're going to zero tolerance, which is the only thing that half of these um, uh, criminals... Maybe that's the word this morning. I was going to say animals, but uh, I got to find another term. It's the only thing that they understand. You've got to crack down. You've got to stay on top of them. Zero tolerance. That's why Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, was so successful. We are going to be taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. 
So former President Donald Trump, his tax returns must be given to the congressional committee that's been seeking the records for three years, the Supreme Court ruled Tuesday. House Democrats have been investigating whether Trump used his office for personal enrichment. But, and personal enrichment as it relates to the Trump organization raking in apparently hundreds of thousands of dollars for stays at Trump hotels by foreign leaders and the Secret Service. But how I really feel about this issue is, when is enough enough? I I know Mr. Trump is a uh, declared candidate for 2024. And if he doesn't want to release his tax returns, that's between him and the voters. Him and the voters. If you don't appreciate the fact that he's not releasing um, his uh, tax returns, then that's something you can hold against him uh, at the ballot box. When does this all stop? What's often said is that Trump is the first presidential candidate in four decades to refuse to voluntarily submit his tax returns for public review. And we all know that he cited uh, the alleged audit. When is enough enough? When is enough enough? President Biden extending the student loan pause moratorium, if you will, as the court battle drags on. Bottom line, it's not fair for everyone to pay the college bill for some, for some. And the White House press secretary shot down uh, reporters from conservative outlets uh, at the White House in the questioning of uh, Dr. Fauci's last news conference in which she said, hold on one second, we have a process here. I'm not calling on people who yell. You're being disrespectful to your colleagues, and you're being disrespectful to our guests. And then ultimately she said, I'm done. I'm not getting into a back and forth with you. Another story I'm following, and this one looks bad. It looks bad for Mayor Adams. Lisa White, a pal of the mayor's, rose from a retired 911 dispatcher uh, salary, living off a $30,000 pension, to be tapped for a $241,000 a year city government city government job. She's been appointed the Deputy Commissioner for Employee Relations in May, in which she's now in charge of uh, overseeing the mental health and morale of the NYPD's 35,000 uniformed members. She's drawing a salary that is nearly five times what her previous 911 operator job pay. And her days with the mayor go back to when they started the group 100 Blacks in Law Enforcement Who Care. 
she and Adams were involved in starting that group. And at, at certain times, Adams rented an apartment from her and so on. And so we are going to start taking your telephone calls. I'm going to let you hear what the NYPD official, outgoing NYPD chief of department, Kenneth Corey, had to say on Cats at Night yesterday in terms of quality of life arrest. But first, I want to start with a couple of telephone calls. Ben in Brooklyn. Good morning, Ben. What's on your mind? Good morning, um, uh, Dominic. Uh, glad uh, your call screener took my call. Um, I was saying, um, yeah, you should, uh, number one, um, delete uh, Eric Adams from your intro. Just have Trump there. You know, I think he's been in office for a year now, and, you know, he hasn't done anything with crime. All he is is like a, a puppet. And uh, I think, you know, just as they had the uh, recall of the governor in um, California, they should recall Eric Adams. He's, he's, um, uh, he's not doing his job. Okay. He's cracking down. And, you know, and then, uh, yeah. Now, now, Ben, you do know that um, that he has his his supporters in the city of New York. You do realize that, right? Well, well, that's that's cool. That's cool. He has his supporters, but the thing is, this is my idea. We get all these people who had their uh, sons, daughters uh, murdered or killed. We get them and say, "Hey, make a commercial," and you know, have them speak and say, you know, show the numbers. Show the numbers. One year, and you know, time is exponential. He needs to stop. Start to stop and frisk. He needs to, you know, get off of the uh, TV shows or the, the uh, newscast and do his job. Well, People I I, I I agree with you on that, Ben. That and, and, and you and, and and Dominic, you run in his place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, Ben, I, I don't thank you for your call, friend. I, I don't think the city of New York is ready for my politics because when I say zero tolerance, I mean zero tolerance. And these young kids would know on day one, Mayor Carter is not playing around. This guy is no joke. So I, I don't I don't think the city of New York um is is ready for me, uh, Ben. But I but I do thank you I do thank you uh for your telephone. That's call. your new intro right there. What 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 Mayor part, Carter Mayor <laughs> Carter is not playing around. <laughs> Matt Blaze, that that certainly would be um if you thought they yelled and screamed about Giuliani, Wait, wait till you see they, what they would say about about uh, about Mayor Carter, because the first thing I would do is sit down with Rudy Giuliani and say, listen, you perfected cleaning up this city. I have a strong idea how to do it, but I want you to take I, I would st- I would have the Comstat. I was watching uh, Matt, uh, that TV show on CBS. um uh, what's the name of it about Brooklyn? It's about the police department in Brooklyn. East New York. East New York. And it's pretty good. And so the lead character, who happens to be an African-American woman, and she's called in for a Comstat session, and they, they give it to her, right? We've got to get back to those days of responsibility. Responsibility. 
And so I would make sure that there was money in social programs for young people. I might return to a midnight basketball, something like that. But you better believe I would stand by my police officers 8,000%. And to all these kids, they, they would say to themselves, yo, don't, don't mess with Mayor Carter because something's wrong with that dude. He, he's locking up everybody. And that's, that's the way it would be. And I would do very few television shows. I would not have a nightlife. I would go out. Matt, what would you do as the mayor? Oh, you would have to bring back uh, Stop Question and Frisk. Absolutely. 100%. You have to start giving descriptions the right way of yes, of suspects because yes. they don't do that. Yes. You gotta st- we got to bring it so toothpaste isn't locked up at, at, at Dwayne Reed Good and point. deodorant and all these things. I mean, Good it's point. absolutely insane that you cannot go and buy small little products because they're actually locked up. That's crazy to me. The, the times that we live in. And we got to start you know, bringing these criminals to justice because they're doing it brazenly because they know they're not going to go to jail. And that's the and and if they do go to jail, they'll be there for an hour or so. Right. You know, not getting charged with those crimes. It's 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 crazy when you think about it. I mean, could you imagine twenty years ago that that toothpaste and deodorant, no, no I couldn't, and ra- all these little things would be locked up. But see, but see, I, I'm being totally honest with you right now, Matt. The reason, and to our last caller, the reason why I, I couldn't be mayor. Because I would say to my deputy mayor and to the police commissioner, right? I would say, okay, so the court system is releasing them almost as fast as we are arresting them. So slow down the process. If there's meaning the vehicles to transport them uh, for for arraignment and so on, slow it down. Slow slow it down. If it takes six hours, it's now going to take twelve. It's now going to take 12 hours. Slow down the process. I want them to spend overnight in jail a couple of nights so that they understand that Mayor Carter is not joking around. And that would be, and I would do all these things under the assumption that I would have one term so I could be honest and call call a spade a spade because all, all of this sugar coating of Young man from the urban community, we're not going to blame you. It's not your fault. It is your fault. It's your fault. It's your mama's fault. It's your daddy's fault that's not around. And if you're going to respect the laws or you will pay the consequences. So I I just don't think that um, that our uh, political uh, political process is ready for someone like me. Alan Yonkers. Good morning, Al. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning to you, Dominic. Good morning. Good thing, sir. Uh, You know, the outgoing chief of the department, uh, he said that the department now has a zero tolerance that's going to be implemented of, you know, has to do with crime and all. But I don't think the general public is buying it. Uh, For example, the Asian-American community in New York City, they just made a right turn. They voted overwhelmingly for Zeldin. I wouldn't say they voted overwhelmingly, but he won the majority of districts within the city. He worked hard. And, for instance, the Asian-American community, uh, they're tired. They're tired of being victims. Uh, they're fearful. 
And I don't, you know, I think that's what uh, the crime issue is still a big issue out there. And until they do something about bail reform in New York City, nothing is going to change, excuse me, in New York State. Right. Well, uh, my answer to that, Al, is that the public has to keep the heat up, has to keep the heat up. That's the only way you're going to see any changes. Um, Because what's over over Governor Hochul's uh, shoulder is that she won the election by only uh, five percentage points. And so that's a warning sign. That's letting her know. Uh, what time it is. So so thank you for the call, Al. So we, we will see how that is all handled. Let's go to Margie in Brooklyn. Good morning, Margie. You're on Talk Radio yes. 77 WABC. Yes, Dominic. Um, I do hope they repeal the no bail that's yes. going on in New York. Yes. Uh, there's something else that I really – I want to go back to Chicago uh, because it's just so disheartening to see young men getting shot every single weekend. I think that if they called a meeting, if they're really serious there, to rid this uh, terrible uh, damage to young people, get a meeting of the newspaper publishers, the high the high ups in the police, and the political officials, and publish something in the newspapers in Chicago for a, a meeting of every parent who's lost a child to gun violence in Chicago and get together and make some kind of a plan, maybe mentoring, uh, sentencing the young men to meet. Margie, it's so I, important. Margie, you, you are correct, and I, I really do sympathize. I can hear I can hear it in your voice. But I, I do have to be honest with you. There, there's another side to me, Margie, that says if the mayor of Chicago doesn't even care about her own people, then why should anybody else? You you have an African-American mayor there in Chicago that practically is doing nothing. And if the mayor is not doing something, then what, 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 I, 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 I I understand, Margie, what what you're saying, but this has been going on for a while, right? Spike Lee even made a movie about the the murders in Chicago. I think it was called Chirac, something along those lines. Um, So, Margie, I I just, how do we turn this around? They've got to get serious. I mean, otherwise it's just going to keep going on. Someone's got to do something there. They have to. Mm-hmm. You can't let young men in their prime, young kids even. And also, I see these young gangs, even in New York now, at 10 years old, at 2 or 3 in the morning, in a gang, what? How can you let your kid out at 10 years old in the middle of the night to go in a gang? It just doesn't make sense. You know? So, Margie, I guess, I, I'm I, I'm listening to you, but but you know why they're out at ten o'clock at night at midnight. You know why some of these kids are out at that time of um, morning, in which no children um, should be outside that time. I grew up on the tradition of the uh, promo that was on Channel Five, and at ten o'clock, right before the ten o'clock news, Matt plays. Do you know anything about this? Where it would say. It's 2 p.m. Do you know where your kids are? That's right. And if that question even needs to be asked, 
it tells you all that you need to know right there. But every night, every night like like clockwork, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your kids are? Yeah, yeah. And so, Margie, we, 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 we thank you for the call. And, and think about this, Margie and everyone else, that if we had adhered to that promo, PSA, whatever you want to call it, perhaps uh, some of the urban urban communities in America would not be in the situation that 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 they're in. And so here's the counter argument. Oh, you don't spend enough money. There's not enough money in social service programs. There's not enough for these kids to do. And on and on and on and on and on. Let's say let's say for argument's sake you're correct with, with that argument. But at at some point, at some point, personal responsibility has to play a major role at some point. Personal responsibility. So I mentioned the Cats at Night uh, program at the top of the show, show of uh, record uh, for, for breaking news in New York City. The outgoing NYPD chief of department, Kenneth Quarry, appeared on the program uh, just yesterday, and he was discussing that the NYPD is going in the area of quality of life arrest. He was on with our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, and the department may be going that way, quality of life, zero tolerance, but it doesn't seem that way. Here is what the outgoing NYPD chief of department, Kenneth Quarry, had to say to John Katsimatidis. So, we, we went back to um, a version of quality of life enforcement. We started it back in the spring, and we've been ramping it up as we go. So the officers have begun addressing that. But listen, remember, we didn't do that for quite a number of years in New York City. So we have an, an entire generation of police officers, really, that we've hired, probably a third of the department, which is going to make up the bulk of the officers that are out there on patrol that have never engaged in that type of policing before. So they need to be taught how to do it, which we've done, and now they need to get comfortable doing it. They need to know that the uh, you know that their elected officials, that their supervisors and their elected officials stand behind them. They certainly know that I stand behind them, that the commissioner stands behind them, and that the mayor stands behind them. Um, so they are getting more and more comfortable doing it, and, and we see those incidents um, continuing to increase week after week. But it's going to take time. We didn't get to the position that we're in overnight, and there's no easy fix for it. No easy fix. That's the outgoing NYPD chief of department, Kenneth uh, Quarry, talking to John Katsimatidis on Cats at Night. We see all of your telephone calls. We're going to get to them in just one second. But that conversation continued. One of the biggest frustrations uh, in the inner city here in Manhattan is uh, people committing crimes and uh, uh, some of the, the uh, uh, precinct police officers don't want to do anything about it because they were told by somebody not to arrest anybody on, 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 the, uh, on which cases. Unlike misdemeanors, because there's really no point. They cut them loose before they can finish the paperwork. I don't think anybody's given them that direction. I think that may be something that they're feeling on their own, their mm. own frustration. And that's, listen, that's very valid. We've had, you know, multiple examples where 
officers make an arrest, they issue a desk appearance ticket, which is what the law currently requires. And then while still while they're still there doing the paperwork, a different team of officers is walking that same person back into the same station house in handcuffs for a new crime. I mean, you know, you can imagine that that's frustrating and demoralizing at the same time. And that's why I say, okay, the criminal justice system is uh, cutting them loose as fast as you can arrest them. Well, you have the discretion, the NYPD, of slowing down the process. Just slow it down. The, the same way that you tell us there's no quota when it comes to tickets, when everybody in New York knows there's a quota system, you could do the same exact thing with, with this arrest situation. Oh, we process this immediately, and we handle this as soon as possible. Well, well, you know, the, the processing time has slowed down eight hours. Oh, well, we're so sorry. We're working as fast as we can. The same way you give us the line about no quotas that you've been giving us for 25 years, when it's like the biggest joke in New York because we all know there's a, a, a quota system, take COVID uh, out of this, is the same thing that, that the NYPD needs to do to uh, keep these folks in custody for uh, a bit longer. Let's go to Ed on Staten Island. Good morning, Ed. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning. Good morning. I like your, I like your idea of the Midnight Basketball League. Well, yeah, but 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 that's only that's only part of the effort. Um, like like I said, uh, Ed, I would also uh, uh, take the handcuffs off my police officers. No, no. You, you, you know who Van Jones is, right? Yes, I do. Among his many uh, achievements, he ran a charitable organization that funded inner-city basketball leagues. He went around, donated money to uh, uh, community centers and to get the kids off the street and out of gangs and give them a structured environment. And uh, when the artist Prince died, uh, Van Jones went on CNN and held back tears, saying the whole time he was just the front man. It was actually Prince's idea, and Prince funded the whole project. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any of these uh, billionaires like Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or uh, LeBron James or Oprah or anybody stepped in and filled the void. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's a good first step. Well, you should one, think about running for one, one, Van Jones is always crying on CNN, number one. Um, but And thank you for the call, Ed. But two, uh, others have stepped up. It's not fair to say that they haven't. Uh, LeBron James, whether you love him or hate him, uh, has opened up a school. You have to give him credit for that. A number of officials are trying to help. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it does start at home. And we have to stop getting away from home. As someone that lived in public housing uh, here in New York City, I think it's one of the worst things that's ever happened to communities. Certainly one of the worst things that's ever happened to people of color. Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan was correct when he wrote his report on public housing. And he was called every kind of racist that you can imagine when he simply told the truth. To put all of these people into a high-rise building, into a concentrated area. And you don't have the social workers there. You don't have the support services to to help them. 
or and you certainly don't have the education system in place, what do you think is going to happen? What happens now? Dysfunction after dysfunction after dysfunction. You have people that move into NYCHA apartments and they pass it down from family members to generation to generation to generation to generation. And I'm not demonizing the people because I'm one of them. I am them. But I made a commitment uh, early on in my life that once I left the Throgs Neck uh, houses that I was never going back to live in the projects of New York City. And um, I'm thankful that I have not been in a position where I have had to do so. Let's go to Audrey in Brooklyn. Good morning, Audrey. What's on your mind? Um, I don't think you're going to like what's on my mind, but I have to say this. Um, there was a mass shooting just recently, uh, a couple of minutes ago, in uh, Chesapeake Bay. What does that have to do with, the, with Chicago? It seems like all I'm hearing from your, your, your callers is it's the black folks' fault. It's this country fault. The Second Amendment is causing all the shootings. So it's like multiple people have been shot in Walmart in, in Chesapeake yes, Bay, that, Virginia. That, that's correct. We have to go in to Walmart. Walmart. We don't have one there where I live at, but I'm not going to Walmart. It's, it's sad and it's bad, but the finger point, yeah, it's to make me sick. And I didn't make it to Georgia because I missed my flight. I'll be leaving Thursday. <laughs> oh, so wait, you missed your flight. I missed my damn flight. <laughs> How do you miss your flight, Audrey? You know what? I, I, I said, um, because God said so. See, I had an appointment at the doctor on Tuesday, and I didn't call to cancel it because I didn't let you know about my CKD, but that's personal. And um, I asked around, and next thing I knew, it was one thirty, and the flight was leaving at 2. I'm like, oh, well, I tried. So anyway, are, are, are you going to lose your money, or will you get your... Well, no, I have to pay an additional $147, which has been paid. And I will have my beautiful AS at the airport Thursday um, before the flight. My flight is at 2. I'll be there at uh, 11. Yeah, yeah. And you said on Thursday? Thursday Thanksgiving, yeah. Family's a little rich. But you're not going to make it. I said, it's okay. I don't eat turkey anyway. It's just to get away. But uh, I just think that, you know, the the, the pointing finger thing, I just... I'm, I, didn't, I went to call last night, but I said, I'm going to be cool. But this has just got me here. It's like, okay, it's not it's not Chicago. It's not New York. It's not the police. It's the country. And I know folks going to say, how dare you, Second Amendment? If we didn't have the guns, can you imagine how many people would be alive? And how was your weekend? <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 my weekend, Audrey, was... Uh... Was fine, but but wait a minute now. I'm I'm a few minutes past the uh, break that I'm supposed to take. I I do have to be honest with you, Audrey, that these kids are so out of control. Some <sighs> that even if they didn't have the guns, they would find a way that's to still hurt each other. Shooting in Virginia, that's not a child. So the children are, are, are they come from like you were saying how each one teach one. I don't care where you were raised at. And when you say in the project, I had best friends in the project, but it wasn't like they are now because the city just sold them out. But it's not the children. It's no one's parents. Wait, 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 wait. You said the city sold them out. I don't understand. There, there's no NYCHA. Eventually, you'll find this out. There's no uh, the uh, the, pro, uh, the New York City housing NYCHA. If you notice, or you haven't been around them because you're scared of the city, I have to say that because you sound like it. Um, they don't, they're no longer signs, um, welcome to NYCHA housing. There's uh-huh. no so, sign. So, so when, you, when you said that, and see, Audrey, you know I love you, but this is part of the problem. You, you just said that the city of New York sold out NYCHA, right? Yeah, it's part of 
So, okay, wait, 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 wait. Mm. What about personal responsibility? Is yeah. it, wait, wait, Audrey, is, is it white people peeing in the elevators um, no, uh, of public cool. housing? Are, are white people doing, oh, we do know who's doing it. We know no. who's doing it, Audrey. We they know. Green, but they're disgusting. Oh, Audrey, are, 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 is it white people defecating in the in the stairways and the staircases of public housing? No, they did it in Washington D.C. I don't know. Don't answer those crazy questions. You, you know, you know the answer, Audrey. You know I love you, and you know the answer to those questions. But listen, I, know, I ain't gonna say I, it. I, I, right, you're right. You refuse to admit it, but that's okay. But that's why I'm here because I, I because I will say it. You know that we love you, Audrey, and I'm glad that you're you're spunky and feisty and back to being your regular self and please make your flight on thursday and 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 you see and that's another point you mentioned walmart right and you said i i really believe that like walmart amazon that these should be in every communities that that the that the tax that the price breaks Mm-hmm. That that people get in a Walmart or or from an Amazon with the jobs. Mm-hmm. Look look at what AOC did at the Queensbridge at the Queensbridge houses. Oh no, we we don't want that here. You're not going to insult us. Thank you for the call, Audrey. You're not going to insult us. So what what has been there since, um, Madam uh, Congresswoman? What what has been there at the Queensbridge houses since you shot down Amazon? I mean. What type of responsible elected official is going to turn down jobs and mega stores? I remember for years, folks, the Bronx Terminal Market, all the politicians in the Bronx. No, you're not bringing that to our community. Ah, that's what it sounded like. Every time I drive past the Deegan, I see all of those stores that are doing well there. And it made absolutely no sense to block it except for lack of knowledge, lack of information. I am seven minutes past my break time. I have got to take a break. When we come back, we will have more of your telephone calls from Long Island to New Jersey to Manhattan to Dobbs Ferry to Boston and on. And at at 12.45, we will have our uh, Dominic Carter Chronicle segment. I will recap the interview that Frank Morano did uh, yesterday, or actually this morning, uh, with my daughter. And we'll have all that and more. Talk Radio 77, I heard you were looking for me. back. Dominic Carter here with you. So I just uh, received an email from Sergeant Gary, retired NYPD, and he says, hello, Dominic, just a quick note to wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you very much. Same right back at you. And to also tell you that your daughter, Courtney, really did you proud in her interview with Frank Morano last night. All the best. Stay healthy and safe. A quick shout-out from you tonight would be appreciated by my family. Thanks again, Sergeant Gary. So, Sergeant Gary, shout it out. Here we go. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a supporter of the station. Thank you for 
risking your life working with the NYPD. We appreciate you. Let's go to Roberta on Staten Island. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Great show as usual. I Thank just you. want to say that Mayor Adams knows what he should do, but his hands are tied because he's racial racketeer types like Sharpton and uh, Reverend Jackson and, and, and all especially Black Lives Matter who, who uh, won't let him uh, do the stuff that Giuliani did because right away they'll they say that, oh, he's they're targeting minorities. He can't, he, so what can he do about it? His hands are tied. Okay, so, 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 Roberta, so in the meantime, mm-hmm. let, let's be candid and honest here. So then what do you do? You just let black kids continue to die like dogs on the street? Is is that what you do? No, of course. You just have to stand up to them like, like Rudy Giuliani did. Here's what I don't. Here's what I don't understand. You have no problem, Mr. Mayor, putting your friends on the payroll for a quarter of a million dollar salary. So why aren't you as bold when it comes to fighting crime? Listen, you're the mayor now. There's nothing they can do to you until re-election time. So stand up, stand up, have a spine, be bold, and and offer leadership. This is, no, I, after all, Mr. Mayor, why you were elected to deal with crime. Roberta, thank you for the call. Hey, Roberta, uh, are, are you um, are you cooking for uh, Thanksgiving? No, I don't like turkey. You don't like turkey? No, I, no, no. But I, I like the trimmings, though, so maybe I'll go out and eat the trimmings and okay. eat the turkey to somebody else. Okay. Like, well, you you're cooking. Do you like turkey? Uh, I, I like it all. I like it all, but <laughs> thank you. And I'm also diabetic, so I'm not supposed to have any of it. And I have high blood pressure. And eh. Thank you for the uh, telephone call. Alyssa in Manhattan. Good morning, Alyssa. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. In honor of Thanksgiving week, I want to share with you and the listeners, and especially Jennifer from Boston, who's always so... Um, upset and and has such a heavy heart over the terrible things she brings to the table about what happens to police officers. I want to share this, hoping I could give you guys a lighter heart. Um, This happened in November of 2000. Escondido police officer Jeff Valdivia arrived at a home on a wellness check. um, This in California and found a six-week-old Natalie Young um, lying next to her, a 17-year-old stoned-out mom with a meth pipe playing close by. The little girl was underweight and clearly a victim of neglect. So the police officer took her and placed her in protective custody. Nearly two decades later, Young wanted the officer who saved her life to know that she was placed with a loving adoptive family and that everything turned out okay. In early October, as Young was set to graduate from the El Paso County Sheriff's Academy, her adoptive mother found Sergeant Valdivia, who was still working at the Escondido Police Department, invited him to her graduation ceremony, where he pinned on her badge and gave her a heartfelt embrace. Congratulations, Deputy Young. Escondido Police Department wrote on Facebook, welcome to a noble profession. So I just wanted to say police officers not only save lives, they change lives. And I want to say thank you to them today. Well, that that is a wonderful, wonderful story, Alyssa, and thank you for sharing it with us. And um, to that officer, he should know that he, he saved a human life, and it's wonderful 
that he got to see start to finish how this played out. And now she is uh, uh, going to become a police officer. Thank you for that, Alyssa. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I see all your uh, calls. You know what? Let me let me uh, take one more before we break for our Carter Chronicles uh, segment. Let's go to Bob and Yonkers. Good morning, Bob. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Until the black community admits they have a problem, stop blaming the white community, nothing's going to change. The slaughter is going to continue. You know, it's terrible. There should be a curfew for anyone under 18 during the, during the school week, and that would probably help out with the slaughter problem. That would help out with the what problem? With the slaughter of black Ah, kids. okay. Well, you, you know what, Bob? When when a person is right, you have to admit that they're right. Um, That's correct. What what you just said is is correct. It, it is correct because believe me, with my own kids, they know that there would be hell to pay if they went against the path. And my kids are now 34 and uh, 30. If they went against the path that their mother, that their highly educated mother, who's a few credits short of her Ph.D., and their and and their and their father uh, laid out for them. Thank you for that call, Bob. And you know, Bob mentioned children, and so last night my daughter, Courtney Carter De Jesus, joined Frank Morano. Uh, on his show, and thank you for doing that, Frank. It was a wonderful interview. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of your telephone calls, and I will deal with Frank's interview of my baby girl. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. So yesterday morning, Frank Morano, my colleague here at WABC, interviewed my daughter, Courtney Carter de Jesus, about her life um, and her book, her kid's book. And um, one little interesting tidbit. Right. So going back, he asked her about the conventions she's been to. And uh, Courtney and her brother have been to many of the national political conventions traveling with with their dad. Uh, As a matter of fact, her first convention was back in 1988. She was two years old uh, at the Republican National Convention in New Orleans uh, with her mom and her brother wasn't born yet. But in the 2016 race, Courtney had a little bit of a dilemma, my daughter, because she personally knew each presidential candidate, right? So she had a relationship. Well, she knew Hillary Clinton and she knew Donald Trump. 
And so Courtney had attended a, a debate that I moderated uh, up in Rochester, New York, with Hillary Clinton. And Mrs. Clinton, after the debate, came and talked to Courtney and stayed with her for a while. And I've told the story on air how Mr. Trump would call up uh, to Syracuse University and check on my uh, baby girl. And so which candidate does she support? You know, I, I still haven't asked her, but but she had to make a decision. Here is a little part of Frank's interview yesterday with my daughter. How many uh, political conventions did you end up going to as a child? I honestly can't even remember. There were there were a lot. Um, I didn't count on one hand because I was remembering the experiences as a little girl seeing all of those things and seeing the different cities was amazing. Um, it, it was surreal. And so I got to see it up close with my father, Dominic Carter, that you guys, you know, listen to here. As you say, he's a legendary broadcast journalist, and he definitely inspired me and Eva's adventures because as a journalist, you know, every day is different. No day is the same. Mm-hmm. So if you are a curious person and you love to, to learn about people in the world, it's a profession for you. When did you know this was something that you wanted to pursue? Well, I think it gets from, you know, seeing my, my father um, and his travels. He traveled to Japan and South Africa, you know, uh, doing work and just got to meet really cool, interesting people. Got to change a lot of lives and change uh, laws and just saw what he was doing. And so as I got older, um, my only interest was getting into Syracuse University, which, as you know, has a great uh, journalism program. I went to the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications. And so I also loved to write when I was younger, and it was just a natural fit. I, I loved uh, learning about people, and I loved writing. And seeing my dad, it just all came together, and I wanted to pursue that career path. So, How about um, your decision to write this book, Eva the Kid Reporter? It's a wonderful book. Uh, the illustrations are by Patricia Braga, but it's a, a great story with a great central character. And uh, like I said, even though it's a children's book, I found myself empathizing with, at, at sometimes Eva's uh, circumstances throughout the book and at sometimes her parents' circumstances throughout the book. What made you want to write this? Well, you know, as you know, you're a fellow parent, um, and COVID affected all of us, right, in different ways, everyone in this world. And for me, um, COVID was a time of, of deep reflection, like it was for a lot of people. And so I was actually home with my son, who's now uh, almost 10. But I was home with him during COVID. And to keep ourselves entertained, we read a lot of children's books. And like you said, these children's books have such great messages. There's so many things that you can learn from them, even as an adult reading it to your child. It seems like they're speaking to you, the parent, sometimes. And so we read a lot of books during COVID, and I was at home doing my work in journalism, reporting live from my dining room (laughs) while I was home with my son. And so all of those experiences uh, put the, well, I guess, sparked the idea, you would say, uh, in my head of, I should just write my own children's book about this and, and my adventures, because Eva is myself as a little girl, so... That's where that came from. No, that's uh, that's terrific. Uh, the book is dedicated to uh, C- Carter and Eva. Those are your children, I imagine. Correct, yes. Now, um, the book is all about uh, a little girl who asks a lot of questions, and sometimes her <laughs> her classmates, sometimes her teacher uh, gives her a little bit of a hard time for asking so many questions, and then 
uh, her dad makes a gift to her of a notebook to write down some of these answers, and she gets to meet a real uh, TV journalist. But I, I really think that children, no matter what their interest, no matter what their personality type, they can probably benefit from this book a great deal. What are you hoping that children take from this? I'm hoping that they understand that you can, A, be whatever you want to be in this world. Um, We can all start out dreaming and aspiring to be something, a baseball player, a journalist, an actor, a doctor, a teacher. And if you believe in yourself, you can get there. And so uh, that was Frank Morano talking to my baby girl. She'll always be my baby girl. Um, And thank you for that, Frank. And by the way, Frank Morano, who will be joining me in a couple of minutes, happy birthday to your son, Carmine. His birthday is coming up on Friday. Friday is Carmine's uh, birthday. So let's go back to the telephone calls. Let's go to Eric in Manhattan. Good morning, Eric. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Um, we met Pat Moynihan when we were kids in Central Park. Um, but about when you brought up the PSA, um, do you know where your children are? Yes. It's just funny because I've been saying it every day to myself like a joke. I mean, you know, because these kids, I mean, luckily where we are, the crime's not so bad. Um, we're in Manhattan because um, there's always people around. But, like, I can hear the kids outside, like, 9, 10, 11, 12, sometimes all hours. You know, but Dominic, is it is it me? Is it is it us? Like we stay out late sometimes, right? I mean, what happens? Like you you guys there like once in a while, right? Me and my little brother once in a while, but like what happens? I don't know. I, yeah, don't, know. I, I don't know either, Eric. I can only tell you <laughs> that uh with, with my grandmother, she had a rule. And uh when the street lights came on, I'd better be in the house or there was going to be a problem. And if they got halfway on she was coming to look for me, and so I I I don't I don't know what's uh, happened uh, since then. I thank you for the call. Let's go to our friend Jennifer in Boston. Good morning, Jennifer. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. Um, that was so sweet listening to Courtney. She's so well spoken, and uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. She adores her dad, and um, it, I'm just I'm I'm um, very happy for you both. Um, I just really only called to wish you um, and your staff a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, your staff are always so kind when you call all of them. They're very just polite and patient, and, and as are you always, Dominic. And I just want to say I am very thankful for you and for your voice. And um, Thank you. I appreciate you and a lot of your callers. They're just wonderful. And I just thank you for being there, and I wish you all good things. And and. and um, splurge a little, Dominic, just not too much, because we need you healthy and well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jennifer, are, are you cooking anything Thursday? No, we're just going to have a quiet thing, I mean, a couple of family members. I'm just grateful, Dominic. I don't know that you saw the car that went into the Apple store. Yes. Um, that's my hometown, yeah, so that's right up the street for me. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I'm just grateful, you know, these crazy things that happen. And, you know, I'm just grateful to have my family and my friends, God's grace, all doing mm-hmm. well. We mm-hmm. can have a quiet time. Someone else is cooking, so. <laughs> well, <laughs> enjoy, and I want you to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you, Thank you. Jennifer. And, I, you know, I wish I'd love uh, coming to Boston and New England, and I, I wish that I was up there um, right now. I really, 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 really enjoy it. Lou and Dobbs Ferry, good morning, Lou. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
Tom, awesome show. You are great. Great interviews. Go, Buchanan, go, go, Buchanan, go, go, Buchanan, go, go. Okay, all right, okay, okay, all right, okay. Wow, we, we got to give him an award for that. Who in there, right, Matt Blaze? I've got to bring in Frank Morano, but who calls up a radio show? What what does he get out of that? I mean, to do that. <laughs> it's Steve from Manhattan. Okay, but I what? Mean, but, 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 but what? 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 What's the point? I I guess he he just laughs. I don't know because he does it. He's done it to every show. But what's the point? I thought that was Paul from uh, Westchester or Paul from the Bronx. Go go Buchanan go. Oh, oh I didn't hear go, Yeah, go Buchanan go. Yeah, it's Steve. But, but what's the point? There is no point. There is no point. Yeah. There's no point. He's just he's, say, he's just you. he's That's just it. a troll. You got to find someone way to keep <laughs> Kenneth on his toes. You know, <laughs> Kenneth likes to coast and it's folks like that guy and the and the you know, Janine Pirro caller and all these other crazy callers mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. always try to lie their way on. You got to keep you got to have Kenneth earn his pay. Otherwise, <laughs> forget about it. Be lighting his cigars with $100 bills sitting there. <laughs> so, happy birthday to your son. Thank you. Yes, Friday. He's going to be a year old. Wow. Doesn't look a day over 11 months. <laughs> and how does it feel? Good. It feels great, honestly. It feels like the year has just uh, flown by. He's uh, he's becoming more and more uh, alert, more and more involved, more and more communicative. And uh, is uh, just he's doing great. He seems to be doing well. And uh, I'm you know, we're excited to have a nice uh, a small birthday get together for him this weekend. He's doing wonderfully. And thank you for the interview of Courtney. I oh, no need was, to thank I me. It was very, very good. Thank you for lifting the exclusive arrangement that you had with her <laughs> and letting her go on some of these other shows. She was terrific. She's a natural. I can't imagine where she gets that from. <laughs> So what do you have coming up this morning? All right. Uh, next hour, uh, one of the, the guy with the best voice in all of radio and one of the brightest minds, and he's now a WABC contributor, Steve Cates, a.k.a. Dr. Sky. He's going to be answering questions about meteor showers, Artemis, the James Webb Telescope. We're going to take questions for the next hour about space. That's going to be a That's lot great. of fun. That's great. Uh, you might have seen the New York Post op-ed this weekend by Michael uh, Gibson about um, trade education and why we shouldn't be steering everybody towards college. He's going to join me at 2 o'clock. And then in studio, going to be joined by opera singer, musician, actress, Christina Fontanelli. Uh, you might have seen her on PBS. She's got a show coming up here in New York with some great Christmas music. Hopefully it'll put people in a holiday mood. Do you ever slow down? <laughs> Frank Morano, The Other Side of Midnight, is coming up, folks, right now.